In the Bible, the Apostle Paul told us, in the end-time churches, there would be a falling away, and men would arise speaking perverse things, and men would set themselves up as God in the churches. We read about this in Acts chapter 20, verse 29 and 30. The Apostle Paul said to the elders at the church at Ephesus, For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock, also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after themselves. Paul kept control as long as he was alive. But soon as he departed, he knew the men among the elders at Ephesus would arise speaking perverse things to draw disciples away after themselves. The denominations would be in force as soon as the apostles left, died, and left the world. Various men rose up in the church speaking perverse things to get people to follow them and denominations sprung up saying Jesus is Lord but not setting up the church by the Holy Scriptures. Paul said before Jesus could return there had to be a falling away. He tells about this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day of the Lord shall not come except there be a falling away first. This falling away was going to happen in the churches themselves. Paul says, And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. As I was reading this section of scripture in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, in 1982, God said to me, the falling away are not people leaving the church. The falling away Paul is talking about here are the churches falling away from scripture. 
this falling away must happen before Jesus can return. And it is happening right now in various churches where they omit scripture, where they add doctrines that are not of Christ to the church. That is the falling away that Paul is speaking of. It had to happen before Jesus could return. It has been going on for decades. I was born again in 1975. The first church I went to was a church called Believer's Chapel. My best friend was attending that church and her husband was attending that church. The pastors, they had multiple pastors, and they were professors at Dallas Theological Seminary. Their doctrine was very close to Baptist Church of Christ, Methodist Presbyterian. Their doctrines were very close to that. When I first started attending that church, one of the pastors, professor at the seminary, was speaking about tongues. And his doctrine was, tongues are of the devil. He was teaching a three-day seminary. I attended all of his sessions. This is the first time I'd ever heard of a tongue. I was a new Christian, and I had not heard of the subject of tongues. He was teaching tongues are of the devil. I had no reason to disbelieve him. But one day I was reading the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and Paul spoke something completely different from what this pastor was speaking. Starting at verse 26 of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul says, How is it then, brethren, when ye come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two, or at the most by three, and let that by course, and let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. The only prohibition I could see against speaking in an unknown tongue was if there was no interpretation. You did not speak a tongue without interpretation in the church. But this pastor from Dallas Seminary is saying tongues are of the devil. 
At that same time, I was attending a neighborhood prayer group. And these women seemed far more godly than I. They would take a newspaper and say, this person needs prayer, and they prayed for this total stranger. I'd never thought to do something like that. One day, we were meeting, just a few of us, five or six, at some woman's home, and we were sitting around the kitchen table. At first, before we prayed for this person, someone told us about this person who needed prayer and what the problem was. Then everybody was very quiet, and then there was a very soft murmuring sound. And then someone would speak a prayer in normal English. Finally, I realized these women were praying in tongues before someone prayed in English. I was terrified. I was being taught at the church I was attending that tongues are of the devil. I wanted no part of the devil. I left as soon as I could, and one woman followed me out and said, Now, Joan, don't let this trouble you. And I said, Oh, no, no, I won't. But it troubled me greatly because I was being taught at church that tongues were of the devil. So what is right? I decided to take the Bible, the New Testament, and take every scripture pertaining to the subject of tongues and prove the doctrine. And I expected to prove that tongues were of the devil. That is not what happened. I took all of the scriptures of the New Testament and they proved to me that tongues were a legitimate part of the church. But they had to be done properly with an interpreter. One day I was reading 1 Corinthians 14 and this scripture settled it. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 39. Paul says, Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. They were forbidding the speaking with tongues at the church I was attending, exactly opposite from that which Paul said in the Bible. I told my best friend, I said, Donna, did you know that Paul said forbid not to speak with tongues? She pulled the car off the road. We were in the car at the time, and she pulled off the side of the road and said, where is that in the Bible? Let me see that. She knew I always had a little black new Bible in my purse, New Testament that they gave away. And I looked it up and found 1 Corinthians 14, verse 39, where Paul said, Forbid not to speak with tongues. 
and I showed it to her, and she said, that is what it says. She said, let's go over to my house, and we'll look in every translation of the Bible that I have and see what it says. In every translation she had at her house, it said the same thing. Forbid not to speak with tongues. Don't forbid tongues in the church. We were both attending a church that did forbid tongues, and the pastor himself was teaching the tongues are of the devil. I said, well, I'm not going back to that church. There was no question as which I was going to do. I was going to do the Bible over the pastor. And that's exactly what our patterns should be. Look it up in the Bible if they're teaching something opposite from what the Bible says. Get out of that church group. It's Antichrist. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, Paul said, Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day of the Lord, when Jesus returns, shall not come except there come a falling away first. And then Paul goes ahead and explains what this falling away is. That man of sin, Antichrist, shall be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. In various periods of time, people have thought Antichrist was a certain individual. Tolstoy wrote about it in War and Peace, that the Russians, who were being attacked by the French, Napoleon, thought Napoleon was Antichrist. I have heard Protestants say they thought the Catholic Pope was Antichrist. I think people during World War II thought Hitler was Antichrist. The truth of the matter is spoken by the Apostle John in 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. John says to the congregation, to the church, Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. The truth of the matter is the last time began with the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus the beginning of the last time of the New Testament days, 2,000 years ago. This also explains something really important to us. 
Second Peter chapter 3. Know this, a day in the sight of the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. God does not see time as we humans see time. That's one reason you will see so many times in the New Testament the words by Jesus of, I come quickly, and yet 2,000 years has passed. That's because a day in the sight of God is as a 1,000 years, and a 1,000 years as one day. In our mind, it has been 2,000 years since John said this. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrist, whereby we know that it is the last time. Many Antichrist, not just one Antichrist. He said many had come into the church. Verse 19, he says, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For had they been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. I've seen so many people come and go in the past 40, 45 years since I was born again. They come in, they say they're Christians, they say Jesus is Lord, but then they disappear. They're not really born again, or they would stay with us. That's what John is saying to the church. But he's showing that Antichrist was there at the time of their church 2,000 years ago. And Antichrist came in the form of many individuals. In 1 John chapter 4, John says, This is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Antichrist is not one human being. Antichrist is a spirit that is opposite to Scripture. Antichrist against the Word of God. That spirit sets up denominations, and departs from various scriptures. There is, at the end of this world, a falling away in the churches. God said to me, the falling away are not people leaving the churches. The falling away are churches falling away from scripture. They depart from the scripture and set up doctrines to suit themselves and doctrines that will 
cause humans to feel approved by coming to church without obeying a specific scripture. That is Antichrist. For example, they would have homosexuals and lesbians thinking that they were approved by God because they don't read Romans chapter 1 in the churches. They avoid reading that. Let's read Romans chapter 1, verses 26, 27, 28, which show from the Bible God's view of homosexuals and lesbians. Does God approve it or not approve it? What does the Bible say? It's not my opinion or your opinion that matters. It's what the Bible tells us. Romans chapter 1, start at verse 26. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also, the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Can a homosexual or lesbian be saved? Of course a homosexual or lesbian can be saved. It's just like an adulteress or a fornicator or a drunkard. If they see that what they're doing, according to the Bible, is a sin, and they believe that, and give that sin up, and don't do that anymore, of course they can be saved. In John chapter 8, the woman taken in adultery was brought before Jesus, and he said to her, Go and sin no more. Don't do that anymore. If you're a drunkard, don't do that anymore. If you're a homosexual, admit it is a sin according to God in the Bible. And show the person this section of scripture. That is the way all sin is. People will say, well, you must love those people who are sinners. But I don't have to go approve them by eating with them at a barbecue. I don't do that. I don't run around with adulterers, adulteresses, fornicators, drunkards, homosexuals, or lesbians. Certainly not knowingly. There might be one who hides their sin. But if you know that person is doing those sins, 
What fellowship does light have with darkness? You're not going to turn them to God. Tell them the scripture one or two times and then walk away. That's in Titus chapter 3. Don't keep hanging around them because you think you'll turn them to God, but the truth is they will damage you. Titus chapter 3, verses 10 11. A man that isn't heretic. Heretic means going in an opposite way from the established Word of God, which is the Holy Bible. A man that isn't heretic, after the first and second warning, reject him. Don't just keep warning him. Don't just keep going to dinner with him. Reject him after you have told him the truth. Knowing that he that is such is subverted and sinneth being condemned of himself. I know one woman who is very likely a homosexual, a lesbian, and one man who is very likely homosexual. I do not put myself in their company and go to dinner with them or anything else like that. Just walk away after you tell that person the truth about the sin. Reading from the Bible the words that show what they're doing to be a sin in the sight of God. Give them a chance to repent. But if they don't repent and they continue in their way, you must walk away from them. You think you'll lead them to God. They will destroy you. You don't believe me, but that is what will happen. You will start questioning the doctrines of the Bible. You can be swept away by them. A man that is an heretic after the first and second admonition reject. Paul said in Second Timothy chapter 3, the last days would be perilous times. And he told the reason. We'll look at that. This know also that in the last days, Paul says, perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. That's homosexual lesbian. It is also people who commit abortion and murder their own child. They're without natural affection toward their child. Truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce. What's all this killing of people that we see on television? What is it when a person 
just takes a gun and shoots a bunch of strangers. Is that not fierce? They're always looking for a motive, and they don't find one, usually. It's the fierceness of the last days. They're despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, they may even go to church. But denying the power thereof, they deny the power of the scriptures to rule over them. From such turn away, says Paul. And that's what I do. When I see that they don't love the scriptures, they just go to church, but they don't love the scriptures. From such turn away. And Paul says in verse 13, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But he tells us to continue in the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make us wise unto salvation. What fellowship has light with darkness? The minute I was born again, I was so changed by God. I no longer wanted to be with the non-Christians. I wanted to be with the church. I wanted to attend church. Sadly, I didn't know it at the time, but there's so much wrong teaching in the churches and so much destruction of Scripture that God brought me out of several different churches because the teaching was opposite from the scripture. And God gave me a dream in 1979. And in that dream, a man was speaking to a group of people. I went in and sat down and began to listen to him. Another man rushed into the room and said, stop. Wait, can't you see? It's too late. It's already begun. He vanished, and the first man resumed speaking. No one in the church group seemed to want to know what had already begun, but I wanted to know. So in the dream, I looked out the window. I saw a tall pole standing outside with a civil defense type speaker on top of the pole. That speaker was put there to warn the people. But instead, out of the front of that speaker, I saw a white gas, which I knew was a poison gas, and it would kill the people. And it was coming directly toward us, toward those of us who were sitting in that room listening to that man speak. I looked at the man sitting next to me. He was smiling, had a big smile on his face. He seemed to be very attentive to the speaker. And then I saw it. He was already dead. He was a corpse. 
I looked around the room, and all the people sitting there in that room were dead people. And as I sat among them, I felt myself slipping off. And I knew the poison gas was killing me as I sat among them. God was showing me the status of the churches, where Antichrist has moved in and changed doctrine. I didn't know that at the time. I didn't know what the dream meant. But a few nights after that, I went to the church that I attended at that time. It was Word of Faith right outside Dallas, Texas. Robert Tilton was a pastor. It was a Wednesday night. Bob was speaking to the congregation. I sat down, and a man was sitting next to me. I turned and looked at him. He was the dead man in my dream. I was so horrified. I looked at the rest of the congregation, and I felt they were the people in my dream, the dead people. I got up and went into the ladies' room and began praying, and I said to God, I believe you are showing me to leave this church group. I'm going to go out and get into my car and drive away. But if you want me to come back, I'll turn around and come back. God did not want me to come back. I left that church group. I tried to find another church group to go to. Over and over and over, I would attend church and hear the pastor speak things that were not in the Bible. Adding to scripture or completely ignoring scripture. Antichrist in the church. I did not return again to that church group. And when I questioned two of the pastors who had spoken things not in the Bible, and I asked each of them, those two pastors, I asked them where it was in the Bible. I said, I was at your church service yesterday and heard you speak. One of them said, when the woman was brought before Jesus, who was taken in adultery, John chapter 8, she was naked from the waist up. I was so shocked. I knew that wasn't true. And yet I heard that pastor say it. I turned around and I looked at the men and they had such lustful looks on their face. It was so evil. I did not go back to that church group, but I did call him and talk to him. And I said to him, I cannot find that in the Bible that she was naked from the waist up. And I'm calling you to ask you where that is in the Bible. And he said, oh, I can't remember where it is. And I said, it's very important to me to know. So please, would you look it up and have your secretary call me and tell me where that is in the Bible? 
he became dead silent, and then he said, All right, it's not in the Bible. Where do you go to church? Now, amazingly, the second pastor did the same thing. He was teaching that Sarah and Hagar are half-sisters. I'd never seen that before. I went back and read the scripture. Hagar was the handmaid to Sarah. I called him and I said, I was in your church service yesterday morning. And when you said that, I came home and tried to find it in the Bible. And I can't find that in the Bible. And I said, where is that in the Bible? And he said, I can't remember. Same thing the other pastor said. And then I said, well, it's very important for me to know. So will you please look it up and have your secretary call me and tell me where it is in the Bible? And he said, all right, it's not in the Bible. Over and over, I tried to find a church to attend. But over and over, I had experiences where the pastor or the teacher was speaking something not in the Bible. I'm not going to that kind of church. That's anti-Christ. And it's all over Today, the stage is set for Jesus to return because he could not return, according to Paul, Jesus could not return until this falling away occurred where churches left scripture. The stage is set, so now I know Jesus can at any time return for the church. For these scriptures have been fulfilled. The person might be a homosexual, and I would share scripture showing that to be a homosexual and to participate in these acts was vile affection and sin against God. If the person repents and does that sin no more, I'll go to dinner with him, but I will not go to the barbecue with a homosexual who keeps practicing homosexuality after I show him the scripture. Nor will I go with a drunkard. Oftentimes today, the drunkards are saying, it's not a sin, it's a disease. According to the Bible, it is a sin. And according to the Bible, nobody will enter into heaven as a drunkard. We'll read that, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Start at verse 9. Paul says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, homosexual, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, 
nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. You will not inherit the kingdom of God if you continue in those sins. If you recognize they are sins and turn from them and repent and do those sins no more, you are in place to inherit the kingdom of God. But you will not inherit those, the kingdom of God if you do those sins. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.